This week, everything is becoming a lot more uncertain in the world of wrestling, but we're still here to fiddle as indie wrestling burns around us. We've got the latest news on COVID-19's effect on the industry, plus we'll talk about tonight's empty arena dynamite and the season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring. All this and more tonight on Your Turn. It is Wednesday, March 25th, 2020, and welcome to episode 23 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW and the wide world of Blur Festival Wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight, and let us not waste any more time getting on into it. I am your host, John Gavrexky Maxwell, joined, of course, by Trace Evans. Hey, John, how are you this fine, fine day? And returning champion, Oscar Bernard! I'm alive! He's alive! Congratulations on not having uh, coronavirus. Sorry that you still have fucking pneumonia. (laughs) Yeah, it's real cool. I mean... You're not on a ventilator. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, thank Christ for that. Yeah. I mean, the cynic in me, or the 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 pessimist in me says, I'm not on a ventilator because those are higher priority right now. <laughs> My dude, your body disagrees right now. You're fine. I mean, you're not fine. You got pneumonia. But, I mean, yeah, no, you don't I've, have I've been, anything I've worse. Been... I've been sick all day. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, on my behalf, and I'm sure John's as well, I am so glad you're not in a much, much worse situation right now. Honestly, Absolutely. me too. Because, yeah, that that scared me for a while. I'll be real. I, there's yeah. people I'm getting very scared about in this world. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, not to talk about, about my own bullshit here. Uh, but yeah, I uh, got a call from my mom today that apparently my stepdad has 101 fever and is throwing up a whole bunch. Oh, shit, dude. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, incidentally, they also, uh, he called the doctor and asked if he could get a test, and they were like, no, you should have the symptoms. You need to have the symptoms for longer before we'll do that. So that's cool. Yeah, so are you killed over and dead yet? No, okay, you shouldn't be tested. This is getting Salem-esque almost. Yeah. The world is a vampire, and so am I. God damn, we're going to keep saying that over and over again, aren't we? We are. We're, we're just yeah. doing Marvel's marketing for them. Oscar, we're going to fucking this, this Marvel character into relevance. What, what is this terrible character's name again? I, you be you need to actually explain this on the show because it was basically oh, just me trying to explain this to Trace. I think on like Fortnite or something. I don't even remember when we did this. I think it was during Fortnite, yeah. Like when we well, were duoing, you were explaining it. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess it was the stream I did with you and your mate. I, Trace wasn't here. All right. So. It wasn't even a stream. That was just us hanging out. Yeah. So Marvel has introduced uh, their new set of characters. Um, and 
Don't forget Snowflake and Safe Space. I don't well, even. I don't so, want to talk about this. I really don't. We're going through. We're going through them all. We're not going through no, them all. I, just tell them about B negative. B negative is the only one that is that we like. I, I just want to know a little bit about the stupid thing, and then we can move on, please. Oh, but, but then how will we talk about the internet juice? I okay. At this point, <laughs> I'm powered by internet juice, baby. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's called White Claw Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So there's the so there's the new new warriors. There's Screen Time, who's powered by internet juice. Snowflake and Safe Space, who are psychic twins, uh, and one of them is non, and Snowflake is non-binary, bearing the lead. Oscar, let's just get get into the main event here. This is all terrible. B negative. A teen living vampire exposed to Michael Morbius's blood as a child in a rogue but life-saving medical procedure. He still ages like a regular kid, but has all the abilities of Morbius. He's also obsessed with all the music and attitude of a classic long past decades like the 90s and the 2000s. Classic long past! (laughs) The world is a vampire, and so am I. God damn it! No. No. Stop it. Stop it. Be negative. No. Go to your corner. The fucking 90s are decades long past. He's he's fucking... He's an old soul because he listens to fucking Evanescence. You don't get to say that you are listening to classic music if you're saying fucking silver chair, you motherfucker. Okay, but hear me out, though. Uh, I think Silverchair are eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Fuck. My favorite classic rock song, Bring Me to Life. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow Silverchair were eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. Jesus. Tomorrow came out in 1994. We we have to stop this. I am crumbling to dust. Crumbling to dust. The more we have Bring to discuss this. Bring Me to Life this. came out almost 20 years ago. I am aware of that, and it is killing me inside. I'm now checking to see if Lincoln wrestling Car. is killing us inside. Yeah, that too, honestly. I mean, it's also mostly just because it's ki- being killed from the outside, and it's, it's really sad to watch. Mm-hmm. Speaking, though, of uh, killing and being really sad to watch, you want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring? Okay, let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Fuck. So, satiating the desires of uh, one Come Town podcast, they finally made a TV show about Chris Benoit. It's not the TV show that they were hoping for. It is. It still seems pretty okay, though. It is I, an I, exhaustive. I watched it, so, yeah. you're going to have to tell me about this. Oh. Whoa, I thought you were the one who'd seen this all. No, I have not watched it yet. I, I'm going to watch it with my partner. Okay, so... It's... I, yeah. Or, Chase, have you seen it? I have... I saw the second part yesterday, yeah. You've seen the first part too, right? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, so... It was, you know, much touted their two-part premiere special on the Chris Benoit double murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It was excellent. Like, it's incredibly well done. 
it is like by all means exhaustive like it covers everything you really need to know about the first part is the entirety of his career the second part is the whole goddamn murder and the fallout of it i do want to say i'm really glad they didn't indulge the benoit conspiracy theories I don't really know much about the theories. I just do know the one thing that always got talked about, and I'm glad that they didn't bring it up, is just constantly talk about anything regarding Daniel and any conditions he might have had. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't mention that. I'm glad they didn't mention, you know, because there's the whole conspiracy theory that, oh, Kevin Sullivan did the murders and... Yeah, and oh God, I forgot about that bullshit. No, they made it pretty clear. They they shelved that very quickly in episode one. Like, here's what happened to Kevin Sullivan. Here's the people who say what happened. And we reached out to Kevin Sullivan. He basically told us to fuck off. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea about um, Kevin Sullivan being abusive. Yeah, me neither. And he denies it, but won't come on camera to talk about it. So take that as you will. You know... Not a great look. Nope. Sure isn't. I thought... I I found everything with David Benoit to be incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah, that was probably the thing I didn't expect to be so heartbreaking, is, like, seeing just how much this is, like, beyond how something like this would utterly destroy a family member, how much it has completely destroyed David Benoit as a person. Like, mm. this is... He is not right. And I, I, my heart broke every time he talked about how much, you know, how his, how much he had good memories of being around his dad. Yeah, and everything. I was, I was really glad that they got Chris Nowinski on to talk <clears throat> as well. Yeah, absolutely, Chris Nowinski. Which, I mean, he is probably, I, I would say, for sports in general and CT research, like he has been. Not only the biggest name, but probably the pioneer in making sure this is something that gets proper attention through all athletics. And getting him on He's there... On the to, forefront, definitely. Yeah. He, I, will, I will also say, though, when mm-hmm. they first introduced him and you just see this balding guy tying a tie, I thought, why are they talking to Kane? Oh, ouch. Wow. I, I saw him immediately and it's like, oh, God, that's Nowinski. Because, like... I, I remember. No, like as soon mm-hmm. as they showed his face more full on, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, right, Chris Nowinski. And then right. it's like... You're just in that profile. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that was like the era that I was starting to really, really get into wrestling and stuff for a while. So This was all still before I was a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I became a fan. Again, it's, as I've said before, like the first wrestling show I watched was WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... So, like, this this was all long before my... T- this was all long before I was a wrestling fan. Yeah, you got to miss, like, the good shit, like, Scott Steiner debating with Chris Nowinski. It's okay. I've I've gone back and watched real it. good shit, pal. Yeah. Oh, it's real good shit. We're just gonna have a debate class in the middle of wrestling. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I also because I was reading. Apparently, David Benoit got to choose the talking heads for this. Hmm. No. Oh. Like he specifically had requested Chavo, Vicky, mm-hmm. and uh, Jericho. I think that's fair. I imagine. Um, that uh nancy benoit's um i don't know if it was her i think it was her sister or was it niece yeah her sister sister it was her sister okay i bet yeah, she sorry, probably had that was the other one that, that was the other one that he had requested too 
Okay, I was going to say, I imagine that she probably would have had it say as well, given some of the stuff that she was inputting and kind of how everything tied together as well at the end. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. You know, and I think the ending of this was absolutely brilliant. I, it was really nice to have it kind of get tied off to what I feel like is the closest thing we're ever going to get to a conclusion on the whole ordeal. Like, both in regards to Chris Benoit as somebody in wrestling and the fallout that impacted those who remain of his family. And I will I, say... I, gen- I genuinely believe after this that mm-hmm. um, there is no more need to discuss Chris Benoit. Exactly. 100%. I think it's like this covered everything you really need to know or care about this point there should be no more discussion on this not like sweep it under the rug it's just like there's nothing more to say the only person i would have liked to have heard from mm-hmm. was regal yeah and I, they do clue in a little bit that regal seemed to be wise up that there was more to this than he let on and that anybody else knew but well because regal was one of the people that had received the text messages right You know, it was, you know, like, apparently, I think it was the day before the murder or something. I could be Mm -hmm. remembering my timeline wrong, but it's like, Benoit had invited him over to watch, like, Japanese wrestling, and Regal was like, something seemed really off about him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, and also, I think for that same reason, I'm probably, if Regal was aware and he was invited before the messages about dogs and all that stuff went out then he probably is still really spooked about the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't blame him, nor do I blame him being currently employed by WWE for wanting to talk about it, or not wanting to talk about it, rather. Yeah. That said... I think, um... Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I watched this with my mother. Okay. And my, my mother, she was saying, the biggest thing that she was disappointed about... Mm-hmm. is that she can no longer believe Chris Jericho to be a jerk... As his AEW on-screen character portrays him to be. She's like, I can never hate this man again. That's the thing. It's like, that surprised me the most about this. Like, both Chavo Guerrero, who, like, I didn't have, like, a huge amount of respect for him before this. Like, I, he's a great wrestler, underrated as hell. Um, had some, you know, weird booking stuff with, like, Lucha Underground and things like that. But other than that, didn't seem all that tremendous. And Chris Jericho, I think my thoughts on him are pretty well articulated over the past few months. I mean, I think we were all worried when we when they were showing the trailer and they were just showing the clip of like Chris Jericho saying, "If you think I'm glorif- if you think I'm glorifying your murder, mm-hmm. stop." We we were all worried this was going to go into some weird Jericho conspiracy theory bullshit, right? Because he's been doing that shit recently, especially. But yeah. it was completely the contrary. Both of them, my respect for Chris Jericho and Chavo Guerrero Jr. have gone through the roof. Like they are stand up people there's a moment where i mean chris jericho um basically is the one who helped david benoit heal a little bit with um and unite him with the other side of the family and well because uh you know sandra tofellini nancy's sister you know she was saying it's like someone in the benoit family had told her that they wanted nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. and then they told Benoit's other kids that Nancy's family wanted nothing to do with them. And yeah, and you kind of realize that there's probably a certain driver of that that makes it it's completely not true, but somebody was pushing that narrative and 
They don't say it explicitly, but it seems like it was Mike Benoit. Um, but if it was them or someone else, who knows? It's not, again, it's not needed to be talked about because Chris Jericho and Chavo Guerrero helped to reconcile the two. Chavo Guerrero has been helping out David Benoit, and he's one of the people David names is like one of the two people who actually helped him after the fact because WWE ghosted his ass. I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not. But I'm still yeah. shocked that no one in WWE reached out. Right. And Especially considering how much WWE makes a huge deal of like, we came out and we reached out to Vicky Guerrero. Mm-hmm. But Vicky Guerrero played nice and, you know, it was not a murder in Eddie's case yeah, and things like that. Yeah, I think like that's that. all the ultimate thing is Eddie Guerrero has not killed anyone. Right. So, yeah, it was it was a case like, I think I my respect for Chavo is through the roof. Chris Jericho through the roof. I think now, definitively, more than ever, you can kind of make an argument he might be the greatest of all time. Like, just I, outside I, the ring and inside the ring. I do want to call out that mm-hmm. um, at the very end, I really appreciate the fact that he is shirtless and cut open because this clearly happened right after he did the little bit of a bubbly speech yep. at All Out. Yep. <laughs> and I want to just believe his thought process is like, a little bit of the bubbly, not a film, a little bit of the Benoit. <laughs> That's awful, but yeah, I can see him doing that. God damn it. Oh, but yeah, there, I mean, there are scenes this in there. How I, this isn't how I wanted you to, to force that in there when I told you that we needed to force that a joke in there. <laughs> This, is, this isn't what I I know that this is my fault for creating this and telling you to do this, but fuck, be careful what you wish for, Internet. Jesus. <laughs> the monkey's paw, one finger curls. Um, um, but yeah, no, it, it's a phenomenal documentary. Um, there's, I will say that on the other side, um, JR kind of comes out looking like a bit of a stinker um, in his to his extent. And it's not like he looks bad, but it's more like looks like well what the fuck was i supposed to do and being a little bit maybe enraged when he doesn't need to be as he does these days yeah oh weird jim ross getting defensive about the decisions he made i can't believe this in this case it's not even his own decisions it was he was thrown god to the goddamn wolves yeah but i find it i did find it interesting in the credits though that mm-hmm. um tony khan and AEW got a special thanks well, they did film it all out, so. But, like, oh, in the right, first yeah. part as well. Oh, yeah. I, um, wonder, I hmm. wonder if it's, like, for letting them use talent and... Yeah, I don't know. It's, I uh... wonder if I would I would not... Because I, I know they were saying that they wanted to do this episode during season one. Mm-hmm. And that there was a huge hurdle that meant that they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And if I had to guess, it's because last year when they were filming, Jericho, Vicky Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and JR were all WWE employees. Well, Jericho wasn't. Jericho, well, Jericho had still shown up at Greatest Royal Rumble, though. Yeah, he was, you know, he was... He was still officially employed. Or officially under their umbrella. Hmm. Like, if you remember, Vince is the one that gave him the special permission to do the Japan stuff. But yeah, it's a... I, I imagine, like, everybody going to AEW made some of these interviews a lot easier. Yes. 
but it's fantastic. There's some parts I will not spoil that are just tender moments. I will say, like, again, David Benoit's segments broke my heart. I teared up a little bit at a few of them. I also did not expect to tear up as much as I did at the Eddie Guerrero stuff. Yeah, like, there are details there that I did not realize. Just watching, rewatching the bit of Eddie Guerrero, of Benoit on the tribute show to Eddie Guerrero Mm -hmm. was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and there's other stuff that you can maybe glean from things there and elsewhere. I will leave that to other people to glean. It's not me to say, because again, I think take what you will from this whole documentary. It is the final word. I also and it's very much appreciate that they completely ignored any contribution made by one Nancy Grace. Yeah. That, yeah, no kidding. But, um, but hey, you know what's next week's episode. I do, and I'm very excited for this. <laughs> the life and crimes of New Jack. I'm so excited. Get fucking hype, y'all. New Jack is doing new interview footage. You, you bet everything I've ever wanted. You bet your ass I'm uh, watching this. The only way you could have made this better is if you aired that episode this week. I mean, you kind of had to start with this one. I know. Obviously, you're starting the show with the showstopper because that's the one you need to start with. But I mean, you look, you know, you know what I'm going to say here. Come on. It's my it's my birthday in like 45 minutes. You could have gotten you could have let me have new Jack this week. <laughs> but yeah, so there's an episode order now. Um, if so, we've got Benoit, New Jack, Brawl for All, nice, uh, Jimmy Snuka, Ooh. Dino Bravo, okay, David Schultz, okay, which mm. I'm so pumped because fuck you, John Stossel, you had it coming. <laughs> okay, yeah, fuck you, John Stossel, honestly, yeah, for that moment, wrong. yeah. Uh, Herb Abrams, which, yeah, as we've discussed. I'm a big fucking fan of. Okay. Uh, Owen Hart. Okay, so they got me back in on that one because I've got to watch that. And then they're ending with the Road Warriors. Ooh. ooh, Yeah. I I wonder what their angle in the Road Warriors is going to be. I wonder, like, if I had to get... It's probably... I would wager a big part of this might be, like, the angle of, hey, at what point do you not use someone's personal life for a story on TV. Mm. Kind of like what they did with the Macho Man episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, honestly. I think that's a big thing to repeatedly call out in wrestling is that yes, we are extensions of characters, the good wrestlers are at least, but at the same token, so much of this that is real gets kind of uh, drawn out a bit too much. Don't have him jump off the fucking Titan Tron. Oh, he just dropped like a, a foot, and then there was just a shadow puppet that fell down the rest of the way, don't you know? That's why the timing was off. Also, so basically, I... what you're saying here is that people should watch this episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. Yeah. Like, fucking every episode of Dark Side of the Ring, mm-hmm. with maybe. 
one exception has been brilliant. I really want to see the Brawl for All episode. Like, that was one of my favorite things in that period of time because it was so fucking bizarre. Look, as much as I hate, as much as I hate to say it, I'm super pumped that, fuck, I'm super pumped that Cornette is still continuing to be a talking head because he has valuable insight on this stuff. I mean, it's his era, so yeah. Like, like Cornette is definitely, he's a talking head on the New Jack episode, which I mean, hey, yeah, of course he is. He's the guy that created the New Jack gimmick. Mm Mm-hmm. And told him just like, you're in the South, get these people pissed off. (laughs) That's a very Cornette-ass thing to do. It sure is. It's still my favorite New Jack gimmick is because of affirmative action, he only needs a two count. (laughs) It's awful. It is, but also it's... I I fucking love it. It's such a good heel thing. It is. It is. But I mean, honestly, the only one I was disappointed in was their Moolah episode. Mm, Fair. I haven't seen that yet. It ends, okay. it ends on a really weird note with one of it the people does. that was like one of Moolah's victims saying, it's wrong to erase Moolah because you're erasing history. And so she should have battle royals named after her. Yeah. Ooh, that doesn't age well. Real awkward. That aged poorly. Yeah. Well, that's... But no, I mean, Dark that's... Side of the Ring is great and... Mm-hmm hey might be our only wrestling related content well so yeah yeah check it out because i know i'm going to Mm -hmm. and yeah kind of like you're getting at there wrestling content really seems to be drying up as we're getting deeper into the Uh oh what is something got fucked up with all my buttons here Uh oh sucks Uh oh what'd you do doing it live fuck it let's talk about the pandemic (laughs) okay all right, we're ready. Empty arenas everywhere. Empty arenas everywhere, except... No. No empty arenas anywhere. Yeah. The arenas are empty because there's not shows happening there anymore. Sorry. So, like, remember all those cool shows that we were talking about last week? Like, you know, Franchise Wrestling was going to do their uh, Warehouse Wars thing. That, yep. uh, that fucking... Uh, Mustafa Ali from WWE was helping to raise a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Black Label Pro was going to do their empty arena show for uh, Saturday. Yep, they were. All of those have been canceled. Yeah, so everything's going into lockdown now. Like, it's not even like that many people is already too many people together. Yep. And everybody's getting shut down. It's getting awkward. And then. We're starting to get a take on this that I think we really need to bring up and discuss. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that take, though, there mm-hmm. are just a couple other things that I do want to throw out there. Okay. Like, you know, hey, there's the the stuff. I don't know if you saw earlier today, but Orlando and like the surrounding areas has issued a stay at home order except for essential services. Great. So you know, that's going to affect a certain promotion. It apparently goes into effect at 11 p.m. on Thursday. Thursday, the 26th. So, boy, I hope that WWE is either able to figure out a way around this or they have everything that they need taped for WrestleMania. Otherwise, they're kind of fucked. I'm going to spoil it for you right now, John. They're taping WrestleMania as we speak. 
That that I know. They're just going to be taping at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. It's just getting taped all hours. Like, are you awake? Get down here. We're doing this. We can't do this. We're the closest town. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Which, so, I this hate doesn't to say apply it, like, oh. yeah, it makes a lot of sense to do so. It does, and I do kind of wonder what, like, AEW is doing in all this, because, you know, admittedly, Jacksonville's pretty far away from Orlando, like, this doesn't reply to them yet, but, like, mm-hmm. you have to imagine that, like, they're kind of having to think about, like, you know, there's a chance that we're, that, like, literally we're not even going to be able to do what we did on Dynamite tonight, of, like, having, of... Instead of having wrestlers out there in the crowd, we have a couple people in a in a fucking locker room just watching a TV, and then we'll play that audio over the sometimes. Which honestly, kind of smart given what they had to do, but also really weird because you could pretty much count every scene having no more than five people, sometimes six, but no close gathering had more than five. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you know. Trace was kind of, you were kind of saying during this, it's like, there's going to be no tag matches. There can't be. Like, legitimately, they can't do that now, because any tag match requires there automatically be five people in the ring. One ref, four wrestlers. So, mm-hmm. that's already, you can't have a ring announcer, then you can't have a bell person, you can't have a cameraman. If you really want to adhere to five people and not get your ass chewed out, or have maybe the city of Jacksonville start looking at you like, huh... Are you up to some shenanigans on your own property there? And, yeah. it's I, I think they're trying to make the best of it before they potentially get told to cut it out. But God, I wonder how WWE is even going to do that with their five-pack challenge. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I bet they're taping anything that involves like tag teams or stuff like that. It's gotten top priority of, like, let's do that first because if somebody comes in here, we can say we're doing a one-on-one match and make some shit up about, hey... We're doing our best for social distancing, and we're just on our own private property here at our house. It's our house, the Performance Center. That's where Triple H lives, just like Tony Khan I mean, lives in Jacksonville guess, Jaguars Stadium. If I had to so guess weird. as well, like they've been saying about how, you know, they're do- they're filming in multiple locations. Mm-hmm. I bet you those tag matches are going to be filmed in a state that's not as restrictive. Probably. I mean, that might be the case. Is they just go to a state that has um, more. It, to be perfectly frank about it, idiot-leaning uh, governors, and just tape there. Potentially. WrestleMania live from the Jericho Cruise. <laughs> I mean, hijack a boat and drive it out in international waters. Go for it, you fuckers. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, recirculated air and all that good stuff. Well, we're all infected, and we're going to sink this boat, and everybody goes down with it. Sorry, Zylee. Dark Side of the Ring, Season 3. Vince McMahon takes down the entire WWE to prevent coronavirus. The sinking of the SS Shelton Benjamin. I hate this. (laughs) He'd be the one to take the fall. You know it. Please, you know it would be filmed on board Vince's actual boat, the sexy bitch. (laughs) Jesus, I hate that. Not wrong. But you're not Let's wrong. Let's not forget that Vince McMahon's boat is named the Sexy Bitch. This is a true story. No. So, yeah. He just loves David Guetta. God damn it. Speaking of other Davids that we don't need to say god damn it about. Thank you. Thank you for that. We need, Let's talk yeah. about... We need to talk about David Starr uh, 
this website's very favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's got a take on this where he tweeted out earlier today. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I quote, every wrestling promotion needs to stop with the empty arena shows. Indie through corporate. It's reckless and irresponsible. I mean, and, I hate to say it. It kind of is. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, this is the conflicting part of all this is like, we're talking about wrestling. We're enjoying. Well, we were enjoying what there was of wrestling. Um, but by the same token, he's taking the shot pretty directly at both WWE and AEW. He's taking a shot at everyone. Yeah. Like, you know, honestly, he's, you know, he's taking a shot at GCW, do, even, you know, doing that Joey Janela social distancing match that we all thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. He's taking a shot at, like, Black Label and, and these other companies that, like, you know, were trying to do these empty arena shows mm-hmm. and only got shut down just because they don't have the resources to be able to fight that. Right, but the people who do have resources WWE to fight does. that are the corporations, like WWE and AEW, so... And they might do that. They might try fighting this dead serious. Like, yeah, Tony Khan has enough resources that he can hide the wrestling and not let the authorities know that it's actually happening if he has to, which is fucked up. But he could do it. I mean, honestly, they filmed like eight matches for a bunch of darks. Just Mm -hmm. stop doing dark on YouTube. Just throw that on your Wednesday show if you have to. I think that might be a problem if you saw the last episode of Dark because it was pretty shit. I it was six fucking matches, and every single one of them was jobber against guy we want to push. Okay, yes, but also, you know what's more shit? All your wrestlers getting coronavirus. It sure is, which is more back to David Starr's point. Maybe we should just cut it out for a while and wait until we're told it's okay to start being around each other again when this has maybe the curve is down on its downward slope. Yeah. And, and yeah. to follow up on David Starr's point here, uh, you know, cause people were definitely responding being like, Hey, yep. not only, not only do, is it like, you know, that a lot of these companies need this because yeah. they need to fucking like be able to run things to make money. And also like talent needs the money here. Uh, and also calling him out on the fact that like, Hey, you did no fans Monday for Wrestle Talk, dude. So what? Yeah, and his response to that is, well, yeah, we his, knew his, better. We know better now. We wouldn't do that in this circumstance, given how yeah. far it's progressed. But still, as I quote, you did. As I quote, we did no fans Monday, and as I've said, it was probably the last time that was that that was okay, and that was borderline. At this point, it's very obvious that the only way we get through this is through mandated lockdown. Lives, health, and safety is greater than money. People, greater than profits. Which, agreed, but same token, like, should we make exceptions for the entertainment industry, especially the type, like, professional wrestling? I mean, that's the fucking hard thing here, is that, Mm -hmm. like, on one hand, you know... On one hand, no. Like, we should be fucking protecting all the talent and we should be prote- making sure that people are, you know, not having to fucking do dangerous shit just to make sure that they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like, we should be able to support and protect everybody at the same time. And, you know, look, I'll admit that this is me being a bad socialist here. This is, like, my weird fucking capitalist shit that I need to unpack in myself here that, like... On the other hand, I look at this as a creative, and I look at this and I see, like, you know, these are also people that want to 
fucking make stuff. And, you know, part of the having to make things in their, their, their craft is having to work with other people and perform in front of other people. And, like, it fucking sucks to not be able to do that. Yep. I, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a you being a bad socialist or whatever. Like, unfortunately, we do live in a society that... Need, I, the way I view it, at least, is I kind of agree with the point of it's like... If these indie companies stop and they're not able to pay their wrestlers or whatever... These indie companies will go under. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there is no thing, in, there is no system in place to protect these people. Yeah, and like, let's be honest, it's not like we're gonna get, we're not gonna get like a fucking bailout of the wrestling industry. It's not no. gonna fucking happen. Like, whatever restitution is gonna happen, like, after all is said and done, which admittedly, let's be honest, is probably gonna be nothing. Like, absolutely zero, I think, for anybody in wrestling. Yeah, it's going to be especially nothing for people in wrestling. Yeah, yeah it, it's going to be an awkward situation all throughout. And I was, my opinion on this is fluctuating, and I'm kind of going back and forth myself. But I guess how I'd want to tie it up for my personal view is if I had to deal with the last episode of Dark and this episode of Dynamite, and that's what's going to have to happen to keep going. Not to be too terribly rude to AEW, but wrestling can wait. Because if that's yeah. the caliber we have to wait for, then please, let's just just stop. And same to WWE, honestly. Like I haven't seen as much of their stuff, but if if they can't step it up, stop. Yeah, what even happened on, on NXT this week? I did not pay a single solitary bit of attention. They qualified a few ladies for um, their ladder match um, that I saw. I think Cameron Grimes performed. Um, Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic yelled at each other again. Um, yeah, and then also at the end, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano had a face-off. Triple H said, I'm sick of this shit. This is it. You're done after this. And... Then Killer Cross had a video play that made it very obvious he's coming for somebody and time's up. Tyler Breeze defeated Austin Theory. Yeah, that happened too. I tend not to pay attention to anything Austin Theory because I'm an asshole like that. There are a lot of matches on this show, surprisingly. Yeah, and it's like, I will be honest, the match caliber is way better than what they had. Um, at AEW, but same token, I don't know that I want to see them. I, I feel like we we finally gone over that hump where it's like, th- this is not the wrestling we need to be seeing necessarily. Maybe WWE will prove me wrong with their WrestleMania tapings and whatever, but I'm not watching it anyway, so I don't give a shit. At least Dio's back. Oh, and yeah, it was also pointed out, Malcolm Bivens did finally debut with the tag team as he's, that he's managing. Oh, shit. Um, they are, as you would expect, hosses. All right. So basically, um, I forget what nationality they're supposed to be, but yeah, so basically another author's a pain except more hoss. So yeah, it, cool. Yeah, it's like I don't really have anything to add to that. I but 
it's becoming a struggle to justify continuing to do this. And I think the pendulum has turned towards WWE's finally figuring out what they need to do and AEW's trying to work with the standards that they actually need to abide by. And it's fucking them up pretty bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Although, admittedly, it it does also seem like WWE is ent- not entirely sure what to do either, as much as just like, well, at least we have some fucking things that we can finish up, whereas AEW is like, oh, shit, yeah. we can't do any of our stories anymore. Right. Huh. And so, yeah, I, I think next week you'll, we'll know for sure if WWE, if the, Orlando's getting shut down like they say, then, um, yeah, good luck with uh, wherever... The- fuck you need to go with this wb guess we're getting a bunch more recap shows from you maybe but i don't know i it's kind of a wait and see like this is an ever-changing situation and i know that's goddamn cliche at this point the only thing i can think of is wwe will never stop their show because you know they wear they have this badge of honor that's like we were the we were the only show they kept going after 9-11, you know, we're the only show that's going to keep going now. And Yeah, I, I feel like, and this is maybe off topic to say, but look, 365 Waffle House is closed today. Fuck that shit. Don't be the big man on We Stay Open no matter what. Like, if you got to close, fucking close. And maybe, maybe David Starr, I hate to say it, I don't want to say he's right. But I think he might be right. It might just be. Which really fucks everything up because, yeah, like, the past week it was like, you know, after last week's Dynamite, mm-hmm. I was definitely like, yo, if this is if this is what it's going to be, if this is what we're going to have to do to get through this, like, this is going to be fine. This is going to be fun. Let's go. And then, like, yeah, already after this week's episode, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, not. This is the first week I feel like we get to play this game. And I feel like we need to play it for Dynamite for the first time ever. John, with your permission. What's up, Trace? I would like to play. It's AEW. Do you care? Yeah, okay. Okay. Let's do it. So, we already talked about the Sparse Crew, so I'm not going to talk about that at all. Um, I will call out real quick before we get into the do you care part that Cody is pretty damn good in commentary. Um, I, yes, but also I thought this whole thing was just kind of super weird and forced with him just throwing in every old school wrestler reference he could think of. I think he's just a giant dorkus like that. Yeah. I think he's just dork. That's just Cody. Yes, but also I, I don't know. It felt, it started to feel forced after a while. Did you listen to the podcast that he recorded um, with uh, Tony and Aubrey? No. He uh, tried to derail the whole thing into talking about Lord of Rings and Star Trek. This is who he is. Do you remember Cody trying to get a Master P line over as a fucking thing for him like a year ago? No. This is legitimately what he does. He's... He, he wants Oscar, to make him say, uh... You need to make him say, uh... <laughs> yes, I remember this. So, he's just a giant dork. I, I think... I, I want to say, yeah, it sounds like it's put over, but I've known people like that. It's probably who he is. It's That definitely just seems like who he is. And speaking of Cody, though, 
Cody and Jimmy Havoc had a match. Do you they did? Do you care? I I, I kind of like this match. It, it was match is fine. It was a, it was a fine match. Um, I think um, Jimmy Havoc, you know, he's he is a solid worker. One might say a good hand, but then he get hit with steel chairs. Saying that, I feel like Cody. This is kind of just him doing his best hits. You know, the jogging, the old school style. Yeah. And that's yeah. not bad. It's just, it's a solid match. I just, I feel like this was maybe this... a bit of a waste of Jimmy Havoc, who's been on a, a good run as of late. This was a Cody-ass Cody match. It was a Cody-ass Cody match, absolutely. And, again, I'm a little biased in the favor of Jimmy Havoc, but I feel like you could have... I feel like we kind of all are on this show. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like they could have used him a little better than just having him job out to Cody. Because that's what was going to happen, and you know it. Because Cody's got to get the rub for blood and guts whenever it happens. So, yeah. that said, um, not wrong. it's not wrong. not wrong at all. One thing, again, this is, I think this is the only the other thing I have that is going to be ripped away. Well, two other things I'm going to rip away from the Do You Care section. Because I think they need to be talked about no matter what. Um... Jake Roberts had a video after this match for Cody. And oh, one thing before we discuss that video, though. Okay. Uh, what what do you think about Kenny on commentary? He was fine. He was fine. I'm not a big fan of him on commentary, but he's okay. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I felt. Too. Yeah, it's like more... he wasn't trying to be a giant Dorcas as much, but he's just he's very plain. He will fit in the role. I found him a lot more grading towards the end. Like I found yeah. him kind of grading during the Jericho segment. I feel like he and Cody were maybe amping each other up in a bad way there. Like, they were getting very MST3K-esque. Mm. And, yeah, it's like, you need Tony to work with somebody who knows what they're doing, like Tony Schiavone. And that said, Tony Schiavone was getting very much into Nitro mode with the way he was announcing. It was the old-school Tony Schiavone. Maybe not the greatest night in the moment of our sport, but everything else I was mean, there. he literally ended the show by going, We're out of time! He did. It was extremely Tony Schiavone. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, I feel like he probably just got flashbacks feeling like, you know, he was back being fucking bombarded by Hall and Nash. Yeah, and he was um, probably getting a countdown in his head, so he was, you know, rambling off. So, I mean, I have no problem with Kenny Omega. I just, I don't, I don't feel like he's the person you want there regularly, just very sparingly. Yeah. Get, Definitely. Get Adam Page a car and drive him down. Please. But yeah, so... weird to have, like, no Adam Page presence on this episode. There's a lot of people here whose their absence was very notable. Like, JR, thank goodness, like, he can take a break for a while. Excalibur, weird. Um, neither Buck was there. Um, obviously Nick, for reasons we know, because he had to be part of the, uh, the best promo image I've ever seen of his face being crushed under a garage door. Um, and Matt Jackson couldn't make the trip from Rancho Cucamonga anyways. So, yeah. A lot of very missing talents here. Justin Roberts once again gone. And so we had Jake Roberts, probably on Darby Allen's property, sitting in a chair in front of a, a fire, talking to Cody and saying, you know what? It's interesting. You do this good mix of, and um, of course I'll always paraphrase because you know me. I don't remember anything worth a shit very well. Um, he he basically said, you know, you were hiring all these old hands and you know, all these good old legends. 
You brought in, you know, Arn Anderson. You brought in Tolly Blanchard. And you didn't think to talk to me. And weird, you were bringing all these talents that you had seen elsewhere, and you knew they were good when you were in Bullet Club, which they bleeped out for some weird reason. Well, that's what they were bleeping out. They were definitely bleeping out Bullet Club here. Um, while you were all in Bullet Club, you were noticing really the talent out there, that. and you brought a bunch of them over to AEW. Lance Archer was over there when you all were wrestling, and you didn't bring him over. And I think I know why. Because you're scared of him. You're scared of what he can do, and you'll know he'll eclipse anything y'all do. Because he is more talented than you. And he said that in more of a older, gentlemanly drawl, and using maybe a bit more softer language, let's call it. He did it in his very Jake the Snake-esque way. Yeah. But then he promised, you know, if you're not going to meet Lance Archer directly head-on, you're not going to book in a match, he's going to be in action next week regardless. And so next week, Lance Archer. Cool. Thanks. Hopefully. I mean, next Dynamite if they can. for sure. Yeah, next Dynamite, sure. I mean, I, I didn't catch... They should have... Yeah, they should have said next Dynamite. They definitely said next week. Yeah, they definitely didn't make that mistake this time because people were noticing it last time. So, I suspect this probably should have been the week they were doing next Dynamite, just saying. Um, yeah. But, yeah, moving on from that moment, because that's... It's, it was a decent promo. Jake the Snake is one of the best talkers in the business. Um, but... The next match. So, Darby had another weird video. And then he fought Kip Sabian. Do you care? No. Not really. Mm. Yeah, there was an inner circle tea party on fire in the video. And then Kip Sabian um, lost to um, Darby's new pinning thing that he's kind of been doing in the indies anyway. Um, the video was pretty cool. The video was cool. Um, but yeah, it was... wasn't super into his his Last Supper. Yeah, Last Supper, he's done that pin... He, I, that match with Velveteen Dream, he did that. Well, um, no, I've seen him do it before. It's just like I've never, I wasn't super into it then either. No, it's it's just a trick pin. He's becoming Riho now, so whatever. So moving on, Jake Hager was in action tonight. Do you care? Hell no. Yeah. No, he, and I especially don't care knowing who, knowing what he fought. Yeah, he, I don't even remember who he fought. He fought a local guy. Yeah, he destroyed Jobber, and then uh, John Moxie showed up, and everyone was surprised, and he brawled with Jake Hager, so you can see where that's going to go. Oh, right. Jake Hager's going to be the, uh, basically, the in-between actual opponent's fight. So, go figure. Sure, which, you know what? That's a fine stopgap. Sure. Yeah. Can't get Jeff Cobb back? Then, sure, Jake Hager works. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jeff Cobb is probably taking his time to decide, I He's probably in Europe somewhere at this point, given uh, some things I haven't seen on Instagram. So, who knows where he is at this point. Where in the world is Jeff Cobb? <laughs> Someone, some acapella, please. The Warren! Jeff Cobb's in jail. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Probably, you know. Probably stole the islands while going on a tour. Which islands? That's for you to figure out, Gumshoe. Why is he living in a cage? <laughs> oh, God. Moving on. Brody Lee chewed out the Beaver Boys, then had his first match in AEW. 
do you care? I actually do care. Actually, this is a good moment to bring up. Um, so Brody Lee had probably the strangest follow-up promo give to the really good one he had talking about Chris Daniel and all that good stuff. He was eating a steak, and the trial was the Beaver Boys of Silver and uh, whatever the other one's name is. Alex Reynolds. Alex Reynolds, thank you. John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Eating a steak before they were... Um, it, like what looked like be a Morton Steakhouse side room or something like that. Eating a steak, talking about, you know, y'all need more initiative. Y'all need to do better. You know, you don't have really the killer instinct you need for the inner circle. Why is that? Why aren't you listening to what I'm telling you? And the whole thing was a trial of I'm going to eat the steak and you can't eat until I am finished. Daddy has to eat first. Daddy eats first cody would not stop saying daddy eats first i said it first because i knew it was going to happen and cody wouldn't stop saying yes this is daddy eats first this, we get it cody you made a t-shirt out of this fucking like, thing cody I'm you can't keep saying this if you don't if you're not going to sell me the shirt anymore <laughs> on top of this the thing that made this real interesting that i think oscar you called out is and maybe it was john i forget who which one you called this out so if I'm getting them right, Silver tried to eat his filet mignon. He got yelled at by Brody Lee and told to get the fuck out. And then Reynolds, it was being obedient, but he sneezes. It was yep. John that called this out. Okay, so this is this is what causes Brody Lee to snap at him and throw him out, saying disrespectful, all that stuff. Those of us who Can't are aware... control your shit. Yeah, can't control your shit. Those of us in the know for this kind of stuff know this is a very heavy and kind of not really a rumor that Vince McMahon thinks you can control your sneezing at all times and that anybody who doesn't is just out of control and being disrespectful. Lack self-control. And, yeah, so apparently Brody Lee is, as leader of the Dark Order, kind of doing a mock of Vince McMahon, it turns out. Yeah, why is he dressed up in suits and and being Vince McMahon now? It's very strange. It is extremely strange. I kind of also don't really like this. No, I I will say I can see where this would be good in some circumstances. As the second promo for Brody Lee, this was not where you need to be moving him. This is like nightmare um, collective type shit right here you're moving towards. I feel like... I feel like between this and the comment about how, you know, you're not the first old man that didn't believe in me or whatever, I feel like this is already verging way too much into, oh, you're just doing, like, you're just doing TNA-esque shoots on WWE. Yeah, it's going into the Voodoo Kin Mafia or whatever it is, that sort of bullshit. It's Vince like, McMahon, I'll meet you outside the Alamo. <laughs> also, like, if you have an actual idea for, okay, here's a, a cult leader that's basically Vince. Like, if you have an actual idea for that and you have some direction for that, then okay, cool. I'm, I'm willing to see where you're going to go with this. This didn't feel like they actually had any real idea behind it. I completely agree. I, it's like... You had such a good opening promo of him looking like he is just a completely dominant, controlling person that will drive the Dark Order through every door, have him take over anything he wants. 
and now you're just having him test control of some lackeys, like, it's such a step backwards that it's like, where did this come from? I'm, I'm just confused by it. I think I think it's a disservice to Brody Lee, and I hate to say that because I feel like that's his entire career now. Yay. Again, it's a it's definitely a wait and see thing, but it was a very bizarre direction to go in. Yeah, and I hate, I really hate to say it because I feel like the Dark Order has been constantly wait and see since their inception. Yep. And they deserve better. Like Evil Uno is a good dude. Brody Lee's a good dude. I'm sure the others are pretty fine as well. And uh, QT Marshall jobbed his ass out here with a. He took a black hole slam that was not called out as such, and then the usual weird discus clothesline out of the Sister Abigail position. I hate this as a move. Yeah, no, it's a bad move. It's a weird reference. Again, I don't know who's driving this. I mean, the discus clothesline was always his finisher, so yeah. it's, it's great to see him do that. But yeah, having Sister that setup, is, setup just is so unnecessary. Exactly. Again, I, I, as I said before, we're veering almost like, as you said, it's like this is Voodookin Mafia level. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, you might like TNA, but that was not good then, and it's not good now. Nope. Like, that was probably one of the darkest moments of the Road Dog's career. Whether you want to agree or not, I it, can't it was. Disagree. Exactly, you can't disagree at least. So. I, I just, Brody Lee, please, if this is your doing, if you're the one suggesting stuff, just look at that first promo. Please, guide yourself off that. That was great. If that, mm-hmm. if you could talk more about kicking doors down and forcefully leading your world through them, that is terrifying. And that is something I can get behind. So, Dude, hell, hell, if you want to make the Dark Order this weird referential WWE thing make it a place for like people that feel like they were misused by major companies and throw in like a Sean Spears in there or something honestly if you're gonna go down that road which I'd say don't but that's a good point you know like it would yeah it's not a great road to go down but if you want to do that there's a better way to do it than doing this weird Ah, I'm a Vince McMahon now. Right, and the whole steak thing, it's... I There's a time and place for it, not as a second promo. Not as a second vignette. So, yep, it frustrates me. For me. Moving on from that. Then we had a segment. Vanguard 1, Stock Nicks Jackson. Do you care? Not really. Nick Jackson's yeah. recovering. Um, he's at like 61%. He was hassled by drone, and then the drone flew off. It, that's all there was. It was just Nick Jackson is alive. He's nowhere near recovered. Why is Vanguard 1 watching him, though? Probably he just got a drone and wants to play with it. <laughs> Let's be real. It's probably like either he or um, uh, Brandon Cutler got a drone. It's like, hey, can we play around with this, learn how to use it? Sammy's not here. So, all right, then. that's all I got for that. Uh, the other thing I will call out without saying whether you care or not, Brandy Rhodes had a great cry-on this week. 
as they showed her as ring announcer, Brandy Rhodes. She mad as hell. She mad as hell. Just, I thought that was a nice touch. Like, if we can't get Adam Page crayons, let's point out the fact that Brandy Rhodes does not like being ring announcer. She got two crayons this week. What was the other one? Please. Her other one was just, she's back. Oh, God, that's good. I, I know she doesn't like doing the ring announcing, and she clearly doesn't have her heart and soul in it anymore, but... I mean, it's either her or Dasha Gonzalez, and Dasha Gonzalez was in the crowd trailer screaming her heart out. Yeah, besides, Dasha probably did all the dark ring announcing, so probably give her some time off. Yep, exactly, and she did a good job in dark, in fairness, but yeah, she's not the name. She they... always does a good job whenever she does it. Yeah, she does. She, Dasha Gonzalez is good. Let's, let's not dash around that. She just doesn't get used very much. Moving on. Sammy Guevara challenged Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Campeonato. Do you care? Yes, actually. I thought this was a good match, but honestly, no, I don't really care. I think you should care, personally. I think, I think, I'm with Oscar in this one. This match was fucking incredible. I really loved this match. I, it would have been so much better in front of a crowd, of course. But I think... I mean, this also, showed, I hate to say it, though, it wouldn't have happened in front of a crowd. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, it's This is the case That's that true. Sammy Guevara looked like a million bucks here. Actually, in some ways, looked a little better than Kenny in some moments. Um, there's some sloppy spots still. Those two need to work on you know, um, their chemistry together. But this was like a good, solid main event match. And also there was a segment where... Sammy Guevara had had someone make caricatures of two Star Trek captains, one that looked suspiciously like Scott Hall, and then we were later told, no, it was the guy from the movies who played Kirk. No, it's Scott Hall. <laughs> it's probably Scott Hall, but... And then one that looked like Brandy. That said, oh, I love you, uh, Sammy. And then right before they went to break one point, Sammy proceeded to pull it off the chair and make out with it. And between him making out with it and Frenching the sign, fucked up. the camera switches between that and a extremely disgusted face of Brandy Rhodes staring in, like, what the fuck is this um, attitude right at Sammy Guevara. Back and forth. Back and forth. Brandy face. Frenching. Brandy face. Frenching. Brandy face. Frenching. Commercial break. This Best moment of the night. Like, it was just so incredibly stupid. And this is the Sammy Guevara that is, again, charismatically awful. And it's also better than his vlog where he drug Joe Alonzo through a hotel over carpet and a bunch of other stuff and probably got germs all over him. Sorry, Joe Alonzo, now you have coronavirus. (laughs) He might actually after this shit, Jesus. Sammy Guevara, though, fucking great. Yeah, I I don't think it's um, an exaggeration to say he will be the future of AEW. I like, mean, he's... we've been saying this for the last few pay-per-view shows. Yeah, for sure, and I think this is just more evidence. Like, he can turn it on any time, and does he have stuff to work out? Of course, so does Darby, so do a bunch of other people are going to be future. But Sammy Guevara, as long as he doesn't injure himself, like, drastically, he is going to be a main eventer, constantly. 
So, good match. Um, easily the best of the night because the rest were all kind of stinkers. Um, Kenny Omega retains the championship, so apparently he still wants to go to AAA. I thought this would have been a great excuse to give Sammy Guevara more AAA exposure, but uh, eh, I guess that's not in the books. I guess Conan said hell no. I mean, whatever. Sammy was the cruiserweight champion for a long-ass time. He sure was. Oh, I feel like he probably doesn't need that much more exposure. Eh, he probably doesn't, but I mean, just working more with Lucha Libre guys like, you know, Vikingo. Or yeah. however the hell he say his name. Um, and Cody called that out, too, that his name. And AAA has got some good people that have yet to show their face in AEW, and I wish they would. Just, again, noting that. Right there with New Japan, like, hey, are y'all sending talent back up here? Weird, these doors seem one way. But that is a tangent, and moving on to the final segment Chris Jericho invited Matt Hardy and Vanguard One into the inner circle. Do you care? Of course I care. So, best line of this whole section is Tony Schiavone commenting, he's cutting a promo on a drone. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Chris Jericho comes out, you know, has his little speech. Vanguard One flies down to harass him. He specifically... Cuts a promo talking about how he doesn't like Vanguard 1, but he respects him. And then invites Vanguard 1 into the inner circle. Again, as you do. Mm-hmm. And this is after hinting pretty heavily that he's going to invite Matt Hardy into the inner circle. And by hint, I mean he's flat out said he was going to invite Matt Hardy into the inner circle to keep him from helping out the elite. Q1 Matt Hardy, who does not enter normally, and... Frankly, I felt like they should have leaned into this even more, but showed up in the top section of the crowd, then teleported one bowl down, then teleported around a few more spots in very obvious cuts. They should have they should have leaned into it. I really liked when they did the weird little transition between the first teleportation and then they didn't do them anymore. It was like, oh, you should have done them for all of them. Yeah, I, I think it would have been hilarious if they... Uh, had like had a clock there and done this full Simpson style, you know, where it's just the the hands and the minute hands and the hour hands are definitely not matching up here. Um, but they they had Matt Hardy teleport all the way down. Good shenanigans. Should have leaned more into that because, like you said, that first teleport was splendid. From there, it was just weird. But then he comes and enters the ring, and you know. I'm probably the wrong person to sell this up a little bit because I'm not into Broken Matt Hardy as much. But this is Broken-Ass Matt Hardy. This was all the fucking way Broken Matt. In fact, I feel like it might have maybe even been a little too much Broken Matt because they just fucking piled it on thick. They gave you fucking everything. They gave you fucking Damascus. They gave you fucking... Like the entire, basically the entire history of Damascus that we know, they gave you like all the setup for Broken Matt. Which hey, maybe that's what they really needed to do. They really needed to push the fact that like, yo, look at this fucking crazy character that has this like deep backstory and lore that you you want to know it, right? Don't you want to know it? But it also, it's like this is a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. It really is, and I like even I who love me some Broken Matt was like. This is intense. And someone like me who has never really liked 
broken Matt that much other than the fact it is definitely a train wreck. It's just like, this is getting supremely awkward, and even Chris Jericho doesn't know how to navigate around this promo. But he tried but his best. He, he He tried his best. He did a good job, and it basically ended up with, are you Inner Circle or are you Elite? Well, Matt Hardy is Delete! Of course he is. He's Delete! And then that's when Sammy Guevara comes out and jumps him. Dear Matt Hardy, please stop doing your Nazi salute. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cody and Kenny Omega come out with chairs afterwards to save our broken savior. Who, by the way, is 3,000 year old because he's Damascus. He was also betrayed by Judas. Just like Jesus. Just like Chris Jericho. In his mind. Yeah, the only really good segment at this end is, of course, the elite's going to come out and save Matt Hardy. Is apparently Matt Hardy's delete salute that is totally not neo-nazi in its design can also set off pyro and so he's freaking out sammy guevara and chris jericho at the end by setting off pyro rapidly as tony shivani screams that we're out of time see you on thunder (laughs) what a goofy segment i i what a goofy show yeah this is a strange show i'm starting to genuinely believe that if they can't do episodes normally at this point maybe they should take all y'all's suggestion and put this on the hardy compound yeah just film some shit at fucking at the broken hardy compound or yeah. listen david star i mean your choice tony you, you gotta release that you gotta socially distance yourself from that dog and make a decision i'm just sitting on that one I'm leaving it as is dead air yeah it's what it deserves that was dynamite I don't even know where to go from here (laughs) it doesn't seem like wrestling knows where to go from here it really doesn't I'm I don't know if we're gonna have dynamite next week legitimately again I kind of feel like maybe we shouldn't I'm in agreement. Like, I'd like to see Lance Archer. But I'd like to see him when there's a crowd and he can have a good match with gets a pops and heat. Yeah. With everything going on right now, it's just... It's hard to feel like wrestling is very important. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's like... People are starting to realize that the whole mythos about... Oh, the coronavirus only kills people who are old. It doesn't hurt people who are young. They're starting to realize that's complete bullshit. It hurts fucking everybody. It will kill a lot of people. Yes, it'll kill immunocompromised and old people more, but it will kill anybody. Stay the fuck home. And your life is not worth the economy. One in 40 people is not worth this goddamn economy. Stay home. Yeah. I mean, I could opine on that for a while, but I think everybody, if you're listening to this, chances are you're already in agreement. And if you're not, please look into this and think about one in 100 people even. That would affect somebody you knew. 
every person on this earth would affect somebody they knew or their family knew. Like, That's why I only make sure to know 99 people at any given point. Then Awesome Kong shows up in your life. She's the other one. She's 100. We're done. Awesome yeah. Kong is going to appear on 1 versus 100. Yeah, and the thing is, is you got to dodge all the eight, eight, 8 million ways to die. As it turns out, all of them are by Awesome Kong. She is not just one anymore. She's 8 million. Wait. I guess tune in next week to see if we'll we'll have an episode here. Oh, shit. One versus 8 million. That's a great thing. Xbox Live, get on that shit right now. We got nothing to do. Jesus Christ. I mean, look, I, I feel like, hey, even if there's no dynamite, we'll still have something because we got to talk about New Jack. Yeah, also true. There's 4,445,563 people left. Do you want the money or do you want the mob? Six million maze to murder. Choose one. And the mob went with B. B is the correct answer. Oh, it looks like you got knocked out. Bye. The pot of $10 will be split between 1,200,671 people. Wow, I can't believe that you're responsible for the U.S. budget for uh, the coronavirus relief. (laughs) John, end it on that, please. Bye. podcast was brought to you by the zonecast network executive produced by owen douglas visit zonecast.com for more shows 